Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. What does it mean to be a witch? Sean and I are reclaiming this word witch and taking it out of the patriarchy that has made it this way to hold women back, to repress women, to repress the feminine energy and what we have to give to the world and has made it a dirty, bad thing. That is why Sean and I are starting to do the coven retreats. Starting this October, it is going to be Friday the 13th through Sunday the 15th. We are so excited to be hosting this in Bend, Oregon in a beautifully sacred place and we are going to be spending time in community. For us being a witch means spending time with other women, talking about the phases of the moon, doing our inner child work, healing together in community with other women who are also doing their healing journey, taking sacred space and sacred time out for us as women. We are so used to giving to others to being about being in service to our partners, to our community, to our children, to our family. When do we make time for us? And retreat is that time we can carve out for ourselves as women and be in sacred community with other women. So I hope that you join us this October the 13th through October the 15th in Bend, Oregon. You can find out more information on it by going to the link tree in my social media or emailing me at hello at rochellendra.com. Again, that's hello at rochellendra.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another installment of the shit they should have tossed in school but didn't. I am your fearless leader, Rochelle Indra. Da, da, da. Here we go. I wanted to tell a story about this last trip I took to Ireland and something that happened to me there. It was an adventure I went on, and when I came home, meaning I came back to my hotel room, I called my best friend, Lindsay, and she said, how was it? And I said, I am so glad I had this experience when I was in my 40s instead of in my 20s. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I knew that we were going to have to talk about this on the podcast because I think this is something that many of us can relate to, that many of us have dealt with. And I would have handled the situation so much different in my 20s than I did in my 40s because I know myself more. I have more confidence now. Um, I've dismantled much more of my own issues with the patriarchy and what it's told me and who it's told me I should be as a woman in this world. I, I haven't always done a great job. I'm sure there's many times in this podcast that listen to, which I'm so grateful you listen to, uh, there's probably many times you're like, ooh, that was a patriarchal thought or comment, right? Like I'm doing my work the best I can, but I'm sure you watch it live sometimes. There's even, if you've listened to all of the episodes, there's even episodes where I catch myself in the middle of it going, oh my God, well, there's some internalized patriarchy right there, huh? Right? So I'm doing the best I can. This episode is called, 
I don't or I didn't own the as I start again, guys. I don't owe Thomas my time. Mm. So let's get into it. So I was in a town and and I changed his name and I'm not going to talk about the town uh, just to protect him a little bit. He didn't ask to be on here and it's not a great story about him. So just for a little anonymity. So I went to a town this time while I was in Ireland. I love Ireland. I went, I accidentally went last year for a month, fell in love with it and went back for about a month this year as well. Be interesting. I might go for another month next summer. We shall see. But I planned to go do part of it with my best friend, and she wasn't able to come to Ireland with me at the last minute. So there was a couple of cities that I went to that I we had wanted to go to together. And I don't drive in Ireland because it's the other side of the road. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think people should risk it uh, if they don't know exactly what they're doing, if they don't have experience on the other side of the road. Why risk people's lives? People do it all the time. I fucking hate it. It's awful. Sort of like people just getting on bikes in the Netherlands. And they're like, oh, yeah, I rode a bike when I was a kid. I'm fine. I'm like, no, no, no. This is people's lives. This is people's transportation. People are, like, carrying furniture. They have three kids on the bike with them. You know, you don't just, like, get out there and, like, kind of practice as it's happening. It's very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. So, anyways, I was like, shoot, now that she's not here, I can't drive. So I was just going to walk around the city that I was in and enjoy the city. I'd never been to the city before. And I was like, I'm just going to make the best of it. We had all these plans to go outside the city. Fine, not going to happen. I'm rolling with the punches, guys. So I'm at my hotel, and there's a rooftop deck, and it's very sunny out. So I'm like, ugh, in Ireland, you take advantage of the sun when you can get it. So I brought my burrito upstairs to this outside restaurant. Because I was staying at the hotel. He said, sure, you can have your burrito out here. No problem. And this older man in his, I want to say early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, walks by, makes some comment. I make some comment back, just being really friendly. And he goes, oh, you're American. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm visiting. And he's asking me how I'm liking the city. And I tell him. And and he's like, oh, well, have you gone here? Have you gone here? Because there's beautiful places outside the city that everybody like knows about there and that you have to go see. But I'm not going to get to see them because I don't have a car. And he's like, oh, you've been here and here and here. And I was like, I'm a car, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that's such a shame. And um, I was like, yeah, well, maybe I'll come back next year. So he passes by to go to the bathroom, whatever. Comes back, and we, we make some, like, silly, flirty comment. Very harmless, just silly. You guys know I'm shamelessly flirty. I flirt with men, women, children, animals, inanimate objects. I have flirted with nobody in my life the way I flirted with my dog's aunt. I'm just have a flirty, silly personality. I'm very dirty. It's just, it's just who I am at this point. There's no changing it for better or worse. So I don't remember what that comment was. It was just something like very silly about because he was there with family or something. I was like, ah, we're star-crossed lovers in the night. Ah, ship's passing. Oh, well, wave. Something like that. He laughed. He goes back to his family. I keep eating. He comes by about 20 minutes later. They've left, and he goes, oh, thank God. It was my brother and his wife and kids, and oh, God, it's so good to have them gone. And so we start chatting, and he's like, do you mind if I sit for a second? It's like, no. And he's like, I actually own a tour company, and it's, like, devastating to me that you're not going to see some of the beautiful parts outside of our city. And I was like, oh, I know. And so he was like, well, I, I own a tour company, and tonight I have to go deliver something to a little tiny 
town that most people, most tourists will never go to. They'll never see because it's not on any sort of tourist track. But if you'd like, it's one of the most beautiful parts of our country. If you'd like, you can come. I'll, I'll take you with me tonight to go to make this delivery that I need to make. And I didn't know what to do. So I said, yeah, because it sounded wonderful like a private tour. And then he's great. I'll come back um, and pick you up at seven. Cause I realized that he's not staying in the hotel, just eating there. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I am so stupid. I can't do that. I can't get in the car with a perfect stranger. And I was like, yeah, he's like in his sixties. I can probably take him. But like, what, why am I even thinking about like whether or not I'll have to like, I don't know, murder this man to save my life. These are the fun things that we do as women, right? So I go downstairs to the reception area and I'm like, oh my God. And I tell them what I've, what just happened. And I'm like, am I going to be murdered and put into a plastic bag, like cut into tiny pieces and put into a plastic bag? And they like look at each other and then they look at me, it's a man and woman. And they're like, what? I'm like, is he going to kill me and like dump my body like in some bog in Ireland? And the guy goes, I shit you not. He goes, why would he kill you? What did you do to him? I, what? What do you mean? What did I do to him? I didn't. I didn't do anything to him. Are you kidding me? I didn't do anything. It's just that, like, I'm American. This is what we worry about. I was like, I worry every day about being raped and murdered. It's just sort of our thing in America as women that we have to worry about all the time. And they just looked at each other like I was insane. They're like, Yeah, you don't. This is Ireland, lady. You don't have to worry about that here. Ireland is a very safe country. I will say that, but of course there is violence everywhere in the world. So, you know, don't be stupid if you go to Ireland. I'm not saying that nothing bad has ever happened to anybody, but the rates of things happening to people there, much, much different than in the United States. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people want to leave the United States is that we don't even realize the kind of violence that we live under every day compared to a lot of other countries. And nothing makes it more clear than traveling in other countries. I I'm just going to side note for a second. I was in Amsterdam. It was like one of my last nights there and I was, had hung out with some friends and I was walking home and it was dark, but I felt really safe, even though it was a large city, uh, again, <laughs> large city in the Netherlands, hell of a lot safer. And I'm almost home back to my hotel and there is this group of very drunk 20 something men, like like a fraternity or something. And they're on the street corner, not like in corner. They're like in the middle of the sidewalk yelling, like yelling chant songs or fight songs or something. It's like organized. I think it's supposed to be singing, but it's like organized yelling, right? Cause they're definitely drunk. And I'm immediately like, shit, shit, shit. And there's cars whizzing by. And so I'm like, I can't really cross to the other side of the street, which is what I would definitely do in America is cross to the other side of the street. There's like 25 to 40 of them. I mean, there's a lot of them. And I would cross to the other side of the street and I would like look away and I'd walk by as fast as I could anywhere in America because large groups of drunk men, I'm not saying would attack me, but harass me, mm, I have about a 100% chance right? That that's going to happen. That a large group of men together are going to harass me, catcall me, 
you know, as a woman, it is a hundred percent chance that it's going to happen. So I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with like one. They're drunk. I don't want to deal with one of them following me or calling me or saying weird things. And I can't even pass by on the sidewalk. So I have to go like around kind of into the street a little bit just to even get around them. And I walk by and I'm like looking down and looking down and looking down, like trying to make eye contact. Not a single guy says anything to me. I, I was shocked. Like, nope, no cat calls. No, hey, what are you doing? Hey, come hang out with us. Like nothing. And I was like, God damn. And I even went home and like called Lindsay and was like, hey, in America. She was like, yep, I would have, yep, something bad would have happened. Somebody would have said something. You know, it just uh, so much frustration I have with our country and how we treat women in it and how we let drunk men do all sorts of things. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. So these people working at the front desk are like, you are insane. Like, he's not going to do anything to you. Like, you're going to be fine, lady. We think you're crazy. Which, of course, if you were at a hotel in America, they'd be like, yeah, do not get in the car with somebody. Do not. Do not get in the car with somebody. So I then call my friend Andrew. Um, hi, Andrew. Andrew listens to the show. If you've been listening to it for a while, you know, I met Andrew last year when I was in Ireland, when I was in Belfast, Ireland, and I spent time with him and his wonderful friends floating down the Shannon River. It's probably a, sh- a lake. I say Shannon River. It might be a Shannon Lake. He might be yelling at me through this episode right now while he's weaving in and out of traffic in Dublin, um, picking up Ivy for lunch somewhere. Um, hi, Ivy. But I call him because we've stayed friends and, and I was going to hang out with him this time. And I was like, okay, Andrew, this is the situation. What should I do? Am I being crazy? And Andrew said, no, which was so sweet of him. He said, you can totally go out with this man because Irish men are very proud of their country and really love to show it off to other people, which clearly this man, Thomas, did feel this way. He owned, he owned a, a tour company. So like clearly he felt this way, right? Wanted to show people his town. So Andrew's like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So I said, oh, God, okay, okay, okay. So I told my dad where I was. I told, you know, the front desk I, so that they knew if something happened to me and Lindsay. And he picked me up at 7, and I get in the car, and I'm so nervous. Plus, I don't really know this, man. Like, this is crazy. What am I doing? When in Rome. Um, I'm not saying do this yourself, but this is the story of what I did. So it was wonderful. He started driving me into the countryside at it was like a private tour. It was so wonderful. He was telling me about the mountains. He was telling me about the bog. And he had to pull over and be like, this is a beautiful place to get to take your picture. The, you should know about these horses. Like, it was just, oh, my God. He was explaining to me about kindling to make fires 500 years ago. It was just extraordinary. The sun was setting. Beautiful pictures. Beautiful shots. We're going into these, like, driving through these beautiful, tiny little towns. And at some point, he asked me if I have a boyfriend. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I don't know why I'm so stupid, but I thought I was going to be safe because I'm 41 and I always, people always think I'm younger uh, than I am. I think my secret weapon is that I'm curvy. So I have, uh, um, 
I carry weight in my face and that pushes out wrinkles. So I think that that's why people often think I'm younger than I am. I love it online though. Sometimes when I talk about like enjoying being single, people are like, yeah, it's all great to be single in your 20s and early 30s, but wait till you're in your late 30s or your 40. Then you won't like being single so much. Like, come talk to me then. And I'm like, I'm 41, fucker. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, mm -hmm, thank you. So I silly thought he wouldn't be interested because I'm 40 and he's in his 60s. And some of you might be thinking, well, maybe he was just like asking about your life. But as women, if we're paying attention, we know the difference between someone just asking you about your life and somebody and a man asking you if you have a boyfriend. And I used to just lie and say yes, because that was the easiest thing to do. But I was like, I don't feel like I need to lie all the time about having a boyfriend. I should just be able to say and show that I'm not interested and that should be enough, right? So I was like, oh, no, I don't have a boyfriend right now, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I said, do you have a girlfriend? Like, very much like, hey, we're just making, clearly we're just making conversation. So I'm going to show you that this is just normal conversation, blah, blah. And he mentioned, oh yeah, like I'm married, but like, I'm not like super happy. And we're not really like, blah, 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 blah. Just all this about how like, yeah, I'm married, but like not really. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? It's totally fine. So he's interested. No big deal, which would have stressed me out when I was younger. Like, oh God, great. And then, da, 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 da. and I was just like, okay, yeah, it's whatever. A man's interested. Fine. But there's been men that have been interested before. I don't know him anything because he's interested. And I did start to go for a second in my brain of like, huh, is he thinking, is he expecting something to happen between us because he's for free taking me around? And he had said, oh, we, there's this really great place over here. We should grab a drink. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. He's like, it's a really old like hunting lodge. It's really cool, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, sure, great. So we grab a drink. I pay because I was like, no, 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 we're not playing that game. I'm pay. So I pay. And he's like, oh, do you want to like grab a bottle for the road? And the nice thing is I don't drink. So I was like, I you can grab a bottle for the rope, but I don't drink. And then it was so funny because I was like, you think you're getting to, into my pants for a bottle of Hennessy? Are you kidding me? No, that is not happening. Even if I was a drinker, I would not be drinking alone with a man that I don't know. So he was like, oh, okay, yeah, no worries. I'm like, oh, God, men, God damn it, men. Thinking like, oh, well, if I get her drunk, right? So we keep going and I'm having a super lovely time and he's showing me all these like beautiful little towns with these gorgeous thatched roofs where we like walk through town because he's got to make a couple of deliveries and you know we're going to bars where like clearly it's only locals and because people are like watching me when we walk in like who are you it's just an amazing time we're having great conversations and he makes another little flirtatious joke and I was like yep Okay, so you're definitely interested. And I used to just giggle when I was uncomfortable, when a man I was flirting with me or making a pass at me and I wasn't interested. And I have learned that we raise men to think that they're doing well with a woman if she's laughing, if she's giggling. Like that's a sign of flirtation. That's a sign that a woman is interested. Whereas women often do it because we're nervous, because we're uncomfortable, because we are know that we need to be afraid of men on some level. So men and women get these signals crossed all the time because nobody is raising men to realize the difference between true laughter and uncomfortable laughter. So I've stopped laughing. So it just was like, oh, 
and just looked away and changed the subject. And I used to not take that approach because I didn't want to hurt the guy's feelings. Oh, man. Oh, man. Raise your hand right now if you know what I am talking about, sister, because you do. You know what I am talking about because we have raised for safety not to hurt men's feelings, but also that is our job to make sure that even when we are uncomfortable, we make everybody else in the situation comfortable. That is our job. We are supposed to be hospitable. We are supposed to be nice. We are supposed to be helpful. We are supposed to put everybody's needs ahead of our own. And A, no, we are not. We are not supposed to put anybody's needs above our own, except maybe our children when they're very young and will die if we put our needs above theirs. But other than that, We do not need to put anybody's needs above ours. And it is okay to make a man feel uncomfortable. Always check your safety, right? Always make sure that you are in a safe situation when you do this. And unfortunately, we have to even have that talk on the podcast of make sure you're safe before you stand up for yourself. Another thing that men don't understand about being a woman. But I felt very safe. I knew I was very safe in this circumstance. That he was just a regular guy making a pass at me. I was not in any dangerous situation. And it's okay to push him back. And physically, of course, but like that sort of like emotionally push him back. It's okay to shut him down. That is good communication. Sure, could I've also just said I'm not interested, but it was sort of a sideways joke. You know, like it wasn't like straight on. If he had straight on said, hey, I'm interested in kissing you or I'm interested in sleeping with you or I'm interested, I would have just flat out been like, thank you so much. Um, I'm not interested. But it was like made like a joke. So I just, with my boundaries, moved on and showed him. And I watched in his face him realize, ah, okay, she's pushing me back. And he got a little uncomfortable. And I went to the place of like, now I'm uncomfortable because I've made him uncomfortable, which is where I would have been in my 20s as well. Like, oh my God, I made him uncomfortable. Oh God, he did this nice thing for me and I made him uncomfortable. But now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, no, no, no. He made a pass and I let him know that I wasn't interested. And that is okay. And that made him uncomfortable and that made him self-conscious. And that is okay. That is absolutely okay. And he took me to like this spot to see this like really cool waterfall and it was really amazing. And then I'm like, what time is it? Cause we've been out for kind of a while. It doesn't get really dark out till like 10, 11 at night there in the summer. So it was still pretty light, but it was, it was late. And he was like, oh, it's, you know, whatever time it was. And he was like, when we get back, there's this great place that has music and stuff. We can get a couple more drinks. And I knew exactly what that meant. That was turning this from like, hey, I'm, you know, sort of like your field guide and teaching all this cool stuff and and making my deliveries to turning this into a late night date. And so I said, oh, you know, I'm actually, I have plans with a friend, but thank you for the offer. Could I have said, I'm not interested in getting drinks later. I could have. Um, It's not the tactic that I chose in the minute, in the moment I chose to say, I have plans with a friend. And I, I, he was walking in front of me, but I could feel him like catch up, like notice what just happened, which is that I said, I didn't have, I didn't like know people in town earlier, you know, like I was just visiting. And again, I probably should not have gotten in the car with somebody because I'm like, 
did all the things you shouldn't do. I'm here alone. I don't know anybody in town. My God. Um, but I did in the beginning. I was like, hey, just so you know, like I've told everybody where I am. And he was like, oh, God, you guys really have to worry about your safety in America. And I was like, uh-huh, yep. Front desk knows who you are. Like I did all the things, which I'm proud of myself for doing. Um, but I saw it hiccup in a way for him. And I don't know if it was just disappointment, like I had already made plans that night, or if he knew I was lying. And I instantly, oh my God, I got so uncomfortable. I felt so bad. You know, here he'd done all this nice stuff for me. And then he, all he did was ask, like, go get some drinks. And I, didn't I owe him that? Didn't I owe him that? Didn't I owe him more of my time because he did this nice thing for me? And the answer is no. And so I had to sit there as we're walking back from the waterfall and knowing that he's uncomfortable. And I don't know if it's because he's sad that he's not going to get to spend more time with me or if he knows that I'm pushing him back because I'm making up a lie, a nicer lie. And then I realized in that moment, I didn't care. I didn't care because I didn't want to go at like 1130 at night and get drinks with him. I didn't. For me, I felt like I knew where that was going. I knew the signals that was sending. I was tired. I don't drink, right? Like I didn't want to go get drinks and and I didn't want to send that message to him that that's what I was interested in. Which by the way, I'm just going to like caveat here. If you were in, would have been in this situation, you love getting drinks and you wanted to listen to traditional Irish music and that sounded really fun, you would still be able to do that. And he still shouldn't have an expectation that something was going to go somewhere or that this was going to lead to you guys making out or sleeping together or something like that. Like you get to, you get to do that. So I'm not saying, oh, I didn't do that because then he has a right to have expectations. He never has a right to have expectations. He's a human being and he can have desires and he can make it known that this is what he's interested in, but then he has to respect it the second I push him back, right? So I'm not saying, oh, I didn't go because then I would have been like, you know, then I would have needed to do something. Nope. Mm -mm. I just don't drink and I was tired and I felt like that was sending a signal I wasn't interested in. So you handle that situation anyway that's right for you. But I was so proud of myself for being okay making somebody uncomfortable, being okay turning somebody down who just did something nice for me. By the way, I did something nice for him too. He was going to make that big long drive all by himself. I am lovely. And this is the part, it's going to make me cry. This is the part that women do to ourselves. We forget that just having somebody get to be with us and spend time with us and enjoy spending time with us is enough. I am a really fun person. I'm a very happy person. I have interesting stories. I make people laugh. I make people feel good when I'm with them. We had really amazing talks and he kept saying, wow, I've never even thought about that before. Wow, that's so interesting. Wow, you're making me look at this in a whole new way. Like we had a great time. That is enough. I never, ever, ever owe anybody anything. And giving my time is more than enough. But we are not raised that way as women. It's not enough that I just, he got to have a wonderful evening spending time with me. Just as I got to have a wonderful evening spending time with him. Right? We both got that. That is enough of a transaction. 
right? Nothing is out. Even if he had, we had gone to that cute little pub and even if he had bought the drinks, doesn't mean I owe him anything. He could have spent $5,000 on me that night. I don't owe him anything. Those are his choices he has a right to make. This is such bullshit, this idea that we ever owe anybody anything. We don't, especially as women. And we never, ever, ever owe anybody our time or our body, no matter what. And so he kind of didn't talk for a second, and then he, like, started up a new conversation, right? We drove back, and we had a great time, and he went to drop me off, and I could tell he was, like, a little bit, like, nervous, and I was like, nope, not going to drag this out, and I was like, thank you so much, and I thought to myself, he probably wants a hug, but I'm not a hugger, and so I was like, I'm not going to give him a hug just because he obviously finds me attractive, and I know he would like a hug. I'm not going to do that. I am done in my life giving hugs I don't want to give. I'm not a hugger, and that's okay. I think you guys have already heard me talking about I fucking hate when people are like, go in for a hug, and they're like, oh, I'm just a hugger. Sorry, because that is a horrific thing to do to another person because you are saying, this is what I need from you, and it's more important than what you want. So do not do that to people if you are a hugger. Do not hug somebody and say, sorry, I'm just a hugger. Nope. All you're saying is, sorry, your boundaries don't matter. What I want from you is more important. And they don't owe you physical touch. And it's not anything on you if they don't want to. I, I love my friends and family very much. Doesn't mean I want to hug. It's just I'm not a hugger for all of my own reasons. So I was like, I'm not going to hug him. I'm not going to hug him. I'm just going to sit here in the car for a second and say, thank you so much. That was a wonderful experience. I'm so grateful that you asked me. Thank you so much because he taught me so many amazing, cool things. I'll remember forever. And that's enough. And I was like, so, you know, thank you. This meant the world to me and I, and I really appreciate it. And he was like, oh my God, I had such a great time. It was so lovely to get to meet you and spend time with you. I could tell there's disappointment on his face and that's okay. That's totally fine. And even think he said, oh, I wish we could have gotten that drink, but you know, I know you got to go. But I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you. And then got out of the car, closed the door, waved and went back into my hotel room. And it was very sad how hard that was for me. I was so proud of myself that it was enough. Me just being there. He was one that asked me. And like, look at me. I'm even justifying it right now. I'm like, no, no, it was fine. It's like, <sighs> that's all the patriarchy. That's all society telling us that we owe people things. Telling us that we're good for one thing, really, that we are here for entertainment's purpose, that if a man does something for us, if a man is good to us, then then they deserve whatever they want from us. And it's just not true. And that also I could have a wonderful time with a man who was attracted to me and interested in me, and I could still put my boundaries down and have a great time. I think that's the other thing is I don't want people to get this message that in life they're like, oh, if a man's interested in you, then you can't be around him. Right, as I talked about in the other podcast, I, I've had guy friends that I know would like to date me. I, and all my job is to do is to be very clear that I'm not interested in dating. But I am interested in friendship. And if they would like to continue with friendship, wonderful. So you should be able to make boundaries with somebody that has interest in you and continue on whatever path and, and have them be respectful that you're not interested. That is where we need to go as society. And that is what I hope 
you're able to do. And then if somebody's not respecting that, well, then obviously you 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 back out, you leave the situation, you do what you need to do if somebody's not respecting your boundaries. But I was able to have a really, truly wonderful, awesome time. And sure, he was interested and, and I was able to say not interested and and still keep it lovely and and have a and for both of us to have a wonderful time. And I'm not saying that in my 20s I would have slept with him because he wanted it, but I do think I would have gotten the drinks because I would have felt I owed him. Look at this nice thing he did for me. I owe him something. And so I'd be like, oh, well, he wants to get drinks. And so, okay, I don't want to, um, but okay, I guess I will because he wants it. And that is the part I'm so proud of myself is saying, nope, not going to do that. Don't need to do that. And... I'm still sad at how hard that was for me to do, but I am proud of myself for doing it. And I hope that you are able in whatever situation that you are in, no matter if you're male or female, whatever your sex is, that you are able to do that as well in whatever situation you need to. And that we start to be able to, as as society, teach the next generation that they don't owe anybody anything. Ah, the world will be a better place. Bye, guys. A woman told me recently that she hasn't joined the sisterhood group coaching, even though she's wanted to, because she has a hard time putting herself first. And that broke my heart because I know that feeling. I know the feeling of putting everybody else's needs first, or what everybody else wants. And it can feel like it's a luxury to put ourselves first, to take time away from everybody else and what they need from us to put ourselves first and put ourselves in a supportive community of other women doing the same thing. It feels like we just shouldn't allow this for ourselves. It would say something negative about us. And that is not true. That is the patriarchy. That is the society that says, work, work, work as a woman, do everything for everybody else and never stop and think about yourself. That is bullshit. And then she finally put herself first and she joined the sisterhood and she said, I can't believe it took me this long to do it because it's so great to be in community with other women who just support me for existing, just support me for doing the best I can every day. And knowing that I have this group of women around the world supporting me means everything to me. And Oh my God, I cried. She cried. We all cried. It was so beautiful and special. And that is what I'm making here. That is what the group coaching is. And if you are like that, I challenge you, whether it is my group or some other group or some other community, to finally put yourself first because you absolutely deserve it. And it is the only the patriarchy that tells you you don't.